1: For me, Coulter, okay, one man's opinion, this right here, this right here is the best football weekend of the year, okay? You have an FCS national championship Saturday morning going right into back-to-back NFL divisional rounds, going into Sunday, two more NFL games, and then a Monday night FBS national championship between LSU and Clemson. That that's as good as it gets. Uh, Now you know championship weekend, Super Bowl. Okay, of course, you know I'm I'm all in. But you're gonna give me six giant, huge, meaningful football games. uh, a, A very high likelihood that at least two of them are going to be epic and come right down to it, if not more. I'm into this weekend more than any other weekend when it comes to just football period across the board. It's as good as it gets, and I uh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be an absolute blast. Yeah, six games. There's four NFL games, two college games. David, th- this is this is the first time that I've ever been right. No, there's two college games. See, here's the thing. People don't understand. David's talking in my ear all the time, so I'm talking back to a ghost as the listener's ah. think. There's an FCS and an FBS National Championship, two college games. Don't, don't don't do that to me now David
0: the, uh, I, I agree it's great football weekend so
1: let's talk though Coulter about the NFL and the divisional weekend that is coming because here's something that I have sort of noticed I mean not, notice is not not like I'm a great detective here this is obvious enough but people have been talking a great deal about the Seahawks Vikings uh, excuse me the Seattle uh, Green Bay game which we have here a lot a lot of Seahawks fans a lot of Packer fans. Uh, And it is the game that has the the sort of on paper, maybe best matchup of the weekend as far as it goes. The Vikings-San Francisco, I think, is the second best. Well, guess what? Those are the two NFC games. So a lot of looks at the NFC. Not nearly as many people have been talking about the AFC because there's two very clear-cut favorites. I mean, you have the Chiefs and the Ravens hosting the Titans and the Houston Texans. A lot of people thought that Houston... You know, I mean, they were absolutely in line to lose to Buffalo, aside from an absolutely magical play from a guy you can't help but love to watch in Deshaun Watson. But but Buffalo had that game and didn't win it. And also, Houston's history in the playoffs—let's be honest—not great. And they have to go on the road to Kansas City, who has just uh, been—I mean—phenomenal. Right? They're just outstanding. Nobody is picking, by and large, against Kansas City. Nobody is picking, by and large, against Baltimore. What I want to know from you, Coulter, is when you talk about these matchups, who do you actually expect, which one of these teams has the best chance to win it? To me, you know, the team, uh, this this is such an odd thing to say, and I realize that it's, I'm not going to say it's contradictory, because that would imply sort of some sort of logical, uh, uh, you know, Incapacitation, but it it is intention, and it's this. I think Kansas City has a real and perhaps the best look at winning the Super Bowl of going all the way to the house and taking the Lombardi Trophy home for Andy Reid for the first. I also think they have. Uh, it certainly is a better chance to me than Baltimore, and maybe as good a chance as anybody of losing this very week. Because I think that Houston, though they've never been past this point in the in the history of their organization, first of all you get you get the win in the playoffs, and the having that opportunity to play in the postseason when the other team hasn't, even though they get the rest and everything, I think matters, and also the the X-factor that is Deshaun Watson. Look, the X-factor that is Pat Mahomes. I'm all about that, too. I think this is going to be a phenomenal football game. But you know who didn't play on Sunday or Saturday as well for, for Houston? Will Fuller. Will Fuller is an absolute difference maker for this team. Now, if he is back uh, uh, for the Houston Texans, what that does to open up uh, the passing game in general for this football team, and then thereby the running game, I mean, Houston may be the one... in in this postseason, not in the postseason, I mean, Kansas City might be that as well, but where the pass game really sets up the run game. They're not a great running football team, but they can do it effectively at times. Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, finding ways to get things done. But this is a pass-first and a make-plays-first team with Deshaun Watson. And obviously, we bring Hopkins into the mix, but Hopkins, great as he is... (laughs) as anybody, right, is much better when you have a legitimate threat on the other side of the field. And if you bring uh, uh, Will Fuller back into it, you are in, in real business in that game. And let's face it, Kansas City, their strength is offense. Their defense has been okay, but it's been scoring points. And this feels like, this feels to me like maybe a first to 40 type of football game. You know, I mean, it could be that type of thing. I don't know what the over-under is, the total is. uh, It's 51. I'm going well north of that thing. I mean, I think there's going to be some points scored in Kansas City. I've not seen what the weather's going to be like
0: the dynamic in pro sports particularly the NBA and the NFL where you become the team that leaves something to be desired and then you like become the self-fulfilling prophecy of that identity yeah like the boston celtics last year were a great example of that this team is is good but they should be better why aren't they better they aren't better they're never going to be better maybe they need to get worse to be better like the celtics the last 2 years think of that they upgraded their talent significantly by adding all-NBA players, but they were better without those guys because of the hierarchy. That's that's hoops in a nutshell. But to me, the Texans, like Deshaun Watson has been so great. If the Texans could replicate their run game from a few, few years ago before the emergence of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, like imagine the zone-blocking scheme that the Texans had that they did so well when they had Arian Foster and he was running, mm. he was running rampant. Yeah. If they could have paired prime Arian Foster with now prime Deshaun Watson and prime DeAndre Hopkins, man, that would be a sweet team. Yeah. But to the Texans, the last couple years, when they had, I know Clown, J. DeAndre Clowney's never lived up to his full potential, but he's still been ferocious when he's at his best. And when when the Texans had J.J. Watt, And DeJavion Clowney and Whitney Merciless all at the same time, they were good on defense, but not as good as you thought they should be. And now with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins in their prime, they're good, but they leave something to be desired. And I think that it's a pivotal game for them, just in terms of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, that pair. They have to cross that bridge and prove that they're not just the upstart team, they really are
1: ready to compete Truly, truly, on so, a Super Bowl level. I really agree with you. And here's the thing: you can look at this thing and say, "Oh, well, they're a ten point underdog." You know, I'll be really expecting to win. But in the playoffs, man, if you're if you're a playoff team, that should, i mean, it should never matter to you anyway. But especially in a game like this, you should be going out and go, "What do you mean?" You kidding me? Look at who we got. Look at the dudes we got playing football for our football team. Kansas City has no idea what they're getting into. Like all uh, that's that is the thing that the team should be thinking and feeling when you're one of the last 8 teams and you're 2 games away from a Super Bowl appearance, you know? Particularly when this is a team who has been on the cusp, but on the cusp for too long. Like, I mean, you, you, you can only be on the cusp for a little while until you either got to get there or get out of here. And and honestly, I think this is a huge game, the biggest of all, for Bill O'Brien. I mean, he's, he's the one who, you know, seems to have the talent and has done some things with it and then has had you know reasons and not excuses but look when you when you are going into a playoff game and all of a sudden you're down to a quarterback you just picked up off the street and Matt Schaub is throwing the football to the other team and all you know all these things that have happened but now you are basically all hands on deck and the return of J.J. Watt even if he's certainly not 100% not the guy he was a couple of years ago you got everybody there you got to go make this thing happen that said not. I still like Kansas City. I mean, I, I'm making an argument in a way for Houston, but Kansas City at home, the way they got a buy. I mean, I, I think it all kind of winds up for Kansas City in that way. The other AFC matchup is the Tennessee Titans at the the Ravens. We touched on this briefly, Coulter, where Tennessee has to be very careful that they didn't play their Super Bowl last week. You know, and they they didn't go in there and have everything build to this moment to knock off the big, bad bully on the block in the New England Patriots and a lot of guys, not just Vrabel, but on the Titans team that were former Patriots who felt that they maybe were let go too early and wanted to prove something, uh, Deion Lewis for one and so forth. They got it done. Props to them. Now they go in again to a, uh, a game in Baltimore where nobody's going to fault them if they don't come through. But here's the other thing to me about the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens offense is the highest-scoring offense in football. They've been the most exciting offense to watch in football. And they've had the most exciting, and, I mean, he's going to be the MVP of the league this year in Lamar Jackson at quarterback. The thing that I think is so interesting about Lamar Jackson and and this offense thereby is this. I think people are still not totally sold if he's actually a good quarterback. He's an unbelievable football player, and what he does from the position is unlike anything we've ever seen, including Michael Vick, okay? he and, and so if you keep doing that, all the rest sort of falls into place, but you wonder if there's a situation where you're actually going to have to sit back there and pick apart an, a defense at some point, and you wonder if, you know... Hollywood Brown and your stable of of tight ends is going to be enough to actually get that done with a guy who, let's be honest, gets the ball there. It doesn't look great when he does, though. And at the end of the day, who's the biggest advocate for it not mattering? Me. I don't care how the thing, I don't care if it whistles in or if it flutters in or whatever. But because he's been so great with his legs and the defense has been so completely on their heels all season long against Lamar Jackson then everything else is just opened up, and good for him. He's the one responsible for making that happen, and I think he's going to have an oppor- those opportunities certainly again in this football game, and yet it's a different deal when it's the playoffs, and it's a different deal when Tennessee is certainly playing with house money, and they go, you know what? We don't care about all this stuff. We're coming after you. Can you do the thing that you're worst at? Show us that you can do the thing that we think that you're worst at better than what we can defend you at, and I think that's a question that still remains to be answered, and we've seen this before where a guy especially a young guy has jumped up and had an unbelievable season and then when it got to the brass tacks of the playoffs and you know the pressure of maybe even playing at home you know in front of your fans where they have huge expectations for you and everything you not quite being able to come through in that way again i'm not picking against the ravens at all i like baltimore to win this football game but I'm just sitting here playing a little bit of devil's advocate to go, you know, or is it is it as sure a thing as seemingly everybody wants because nobody's been on Tennessee basically ever, and now here they are in the divisional round. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age.
0: It's only a matter of time before somebody devises a scheme that can hold down Lamar Jackson. But the thing that's been so impressive to me about Lamar Jackson is that we've seen these really electric and out-of-the-box type playmakers and offensive schemes to accentuate those guys make their way into the NFL over the last decade or so. When Michael Vick first burst on the scene, not very many people knew how to control Michael Vick. And the difference between Michael Vick and almost everyone else is so much of what Michael Vick did was improvisational rather than called plays. Mm. So much of what Lamar Jackson does is designed. He can improvise outside the scope of the offense, to be sure. But they run true quarterback power and true quarterback counter and true zone read with Lamar Jackson. The thing that's so impressive about Lamar Jackson is he is that good of an athlete. He He is. His his athleticism is outside being able to scheme for it because sometimes you might have the perfect scheme, the perfect play call to stop him in the zone read game. And his little tiptoe magician thing where he goes through the hole and then he's accelerating all of a sudden and he runs a 4-3. It's,
1: it's insane. I was listening to Troy Aikman. I thought he did a great job calling a Baltimore game where he was talking about, look, people go, well, why don't you just spy him? He goes, well, a spy is no good if the guy spying just can't catch him. Like, I mean, it doesn't... <laughs> it will, what's the point? All of a sudden, you're just down one in maybe the pass pro type of game or in, in, in pass coverage, excuse me, type of game. So, I mean, that's the sort of situation in which you go, okay, well, I you know, you say you got to take away the thing he's. Best that but there's this is an instance in which a lot of teams literally cannot do it there just isn't an answer for what he brings three two nine one eight nine nine if you'd like to get in we go to the phones and we welcome in our good friend nascar terry i know he's pumped up about this football game tennessee titans fan here terry your 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 your, your team's an underdog but playing with house money terry what are you thinking about this what do you want to know
3: you know what it's been uh been a long time that uh, guys haven't wanted to admit to anybody other than his close family and friends that he's the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, it, you know, everybody always talks about it every year when it comes down to this time of year, you know, what wins football games in the playoffs? You know, you talk about run game, a strong running game that takes in can withstand any kind of weather, including, you know, wet and rainy, cold at Baltimore i really look for the titans to do the same thing they did last week just turn around hand the ball off derrick henry who is one of the largest human beings i've ever seen um and just let him burn the clock and get in there and score some touchdowns and you know make it an ugly game and that's how they that's how they've won in the games that they won this year Is they. They're, you know, everybody talks about, about you, you know, including, you know, Green Bay winning ugly. Well, I, you know, in this day and age of throwing the ball all over everywhere, you got two teams that win ugly here in, in Baltimore and uh, Tennessee, you know, with the running game and um, not throwing the ball all over everywhere. But I think Rabel was playing the cards a little close to the to the uh, chest a little bit last week with not really airing it out with Tannehill too much. Um because in reality he's he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the second half of the season, you know, since he took over from Mariota,
1: so He has and, and Terry appreciate the call. You're absolutely right. I mean, we talked about this a little bit the other day, but how if you want to talk about Tennessee Titans, talk about Tennessee from the point that Ryan Tannehill took over and they, they stack up against anybody in the NFL, uh both I mean, in terms of record and offensive statistics. And so, I mean, that's that's a major, major deal. And the other thing is Mark Ingram is still questionable in this football game. I mean, he's been. Everybody loves the flash and what it is that 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 Lamar Jackson does, but the th- what Mark Ingram has been in reality in the run game, but also the threat of it when you talk about the RPO, huge for this Baltimore team. And if he can't go, that's a that's a massive setback for the Baltimore Ravens. And so, uh, you know, that's that's. That is that's all stuff to consider. There is a level, isn't it? Interesting culture where there's a point at which you just go, "Am I really a believer? Do I believe the Tennessee Titans? You know, can, are 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 a, are a AFC Championship football team? Like, do I do I really think that here and now? And I don't." But I am getting to the place where I do, where I'm like a buyer of Rabel. I'm uh, a buyer of of Derek Henry and of a mentality that isn't afraid. Like, I mean, you, you know, it, it's so interesting. You think that in the NFL or in professional sports that, that, that you you know, all these guys all think that they're the best. But, you know, at the end of the day, there are some teams that have put together one. You want to call it a culture. You want to call it a mentality, whatever, that go Uh, No, 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 no. We are going to bring the fight to you, period, end of story, regardless of outcome. And Tennessee right now is one of those teams that that is going to do it. And if there's a team that's going to go into Baltimore and and lay it all out there, it it will be the Tennessee Titans, it seems to me. I think it's going to be a great matchup.
0: What are the best home field advantages in the NFL? Yep.
1: I'm saying, what are they? Oh, what
0: are they? Because for whatever reason, I think that everybody when asked that question, they think of Seattle, they think of Green Bay, they think of Kansas City, they think of Denver, they think of New England. But but Baltimore is right there, right? They think of, right. Baltimore's right there. And and for for whatever reason, they don't get the same top-of-mind awareness when it comes to that. But, I mean, we asked Tyrone Holmes on the ESPN roundtable yesterday. Was welcome to the NFL moment. He said, "When I ran out on the field on Baltimore, and the fans are going crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of pride in Baltimore, and um, there has been a winning tradition there. I mean, they, they know how to win. They have a good culture. And, They've
1: won 12 in a row, and, and they j- haven't lost absolutely since week four.
0: And they're and they're rolling right now. So yeah. we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I still think, even though the Titans do have some things that cater to success in the playoffs, that the Ravens are still the definitive favorites in that game.
1: I'm um, amazed that we have this phone call, and I admire it uh, for a number of reasons. We'll go now to our dear friend and New England Patriots fan, Tucker Sargent. Tucker, hello. How are you? I know you're not well. What's going on? Uh, you know, actually, Ryan, I'm, I'm totally fine. And bouncing back from this? Lies.
4: No, not at all. I think, well, I mean, as far as the Patriots losing, yeah, that's a bummer. But also, like, I didn't really feel like this team was going to go all the way. So, uh, now it's done. It's like pulling the Band-Aid off, and I can kind of sit back and just sort of, like, I don't really care. Just make some nachos
1: uh, and just watch?
4: Yeah, man. Like, let let everyone else worry about their Seahawks and their Packers and, you know, what's going on. Doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, But... I will say, I'm totally rooting for Tennessee now. I mean, are you? It was 100%. I'm, I'm jumping out, I'm finishing out the season on the Tennessee bandwagon. I, it might only be a game, but uh, no, dude, what Derrick Henry did was just awesome.
1: Now, let me ask I you this, Tucker. Do you feel like you are representative of the rest of Patriots Nation, or do you think New England Patriots fans are salty and rooting against Tennessee, by and large? What do you think it is?
4: No, I, I think people are pretty okay with it. I mean, you know, Mike Brabel is a pretty hallowed Patriot himself. So, yeah. for so if you if you historically care about the Patriots, then you know that's kind of cool to see them have success, or him have success in his role. Um, so I think and. I, I, I think a lot of people felt like, you know, this past team wasn't good because their offense has been so dismal, particularly in the second half of the season, that, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer that when you have a defense that elite that you can't complement it at all to get them down the field. But right. it is what it is next year. Who knows what's going to happen with Brady. Um, it's been 20 great years that he comes back and they, they give him some offense. Okay, let's keep going because, you know, I don't think they're going to get a, a stud quarterback right away this year. Right, you know, in the draft that you're going to be pumped about. So it's, they already <laughs> traded two of them. Yeah, they traded. They traded tra- tra- tra-
0: tra- 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 and Garoppolo.
4: But yeah, so you know, I, I think we're we're at a point where it's just kind of like you know we've had a good moment. Uh Next year could be good again if they. You know, if Brady comes back and they give him some help, I think it could certainly be good again, and it's not that big of a deal. But uh, it's definitely looking towards transition, and since uh, they're out, go Titans, man. Derrick Henry is on another level. What You guys are talking about Lamar Jackson's athleticism, which, you know, it is pretty cool, but Lamar Jackson isn't getting six more years after or yards after every single
1: burst. Of <laughs> that's basketball. true. That is a fact. <laughs> I mean, that is a fact. He's
4: he, he, he's 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 five yards long laying down.
1: Yeah, he's uh he's he he was impressive against New England. He's been eh, well impressive all year. That's why he's the rushing leader. Tucker appreciated so, man.
4: Anyway, that's that's where I'm at, Ryan. I wanted to let you know, and I think you know Baltimore hasn't played in, it feels like a month now. You know, does does yep. that cool off affect them?
1: Well, we'll find out soon enough. This weekend, coming up around the corner. Tucker, enjoy the Tennessee game against Baltimore and the rest of the games that you can just relax yeah, and take that? it in. Wait, uh, when are those games? The, the, the Tennessee, Tennessee Ravens game is Saturday night, 6 o'clock Mountain okay. Standard Time. Uh, so you can uh, check that out. And, yeah, if you're on the East Coast, eight fifteen 15 kickoff uh, on well, uh, CBS Television. Maybe I'll drive down to the
4: game.
1: Okay. Hey, there you go right there. You're in the neighborhood. Might as well go take it in. You All right. be, well, our, be our correspondent. Tucker, appreciate the call, my man, always. Alright, see you later. Tucker, Sergeant. Boys and girls. That, I can say definitively, is the first time we've ever had back-to-back calls in favor of and definitively about the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> No doubt. Uh, we will talk more about the NFC stuff tomorrow, uh, and uh, and maybe even at the end of the show a little bit. We'll see what we get into. But Coulter, uh, Christmas was about three weeks ago, but for you, it is right now. I, you are like chomping at the bit oh, to man. do this right now. Tell the okay, people. Okay, so you got here, here,
0: here we got right here. This is Zootown Sports Cards. the friends of Zootown Sports Cards. This is our bi monthly rip session here. Mm-hmm. We've, we've opened some really cool packs. We've gotten some really cool cards on the show, but here. We're going. We're going from driving the Toyota Corolla to driving the Ferrari. Yes. These, are, these are the big boys. These these Panini Obsidian NFL trading cards. You can see the price tag right here. They're 170 bucks for a pack that contains seven cards. And you, it's are seven cards. If in there, you okay. know, you know. If you know, you know. And you're like, okay, I know exactly why I'm paying 170 bucks. If you don't know, you might say. Crazy. Man, why would I pay 170 bucks? Because in this pack, we are going to get something super cool. There's going to be something vintage. This is guaranteed memorabilia or autograph within here. Let's see it. And open so it we'll, up, We'll, Colton, we'll open it up and see it. what we got. But the, Zootown Sports Cards, corner of South and Higgins, right yep. across the street from Dorn Field. It's a great place great no matter spot. what. Yep. If you want to revive your love of a hobby, you want to get your kids involved in a healthy hobby. I went
1: in and actually got a Christmas present in there for a for, dear friend of mine. For me? Yes, indeed. So this is a
0: fantastic box too. You open it up. This is like, oh man, everybody that watches the show knows I'm a big collector. I love collecting. Oh, yeah. This is one of one. This is one of my first experiences
1: doing a high, a, 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 a high, a high end impact.
0: One. You can see how thick it is. It's because you know, there's going to be a memorabilia card, man. You are,
1: air. you're, you are glowing. Oh, you, man. Look, you look like you've just come out of the suntan booth. My I mean, friend. people,
0: people that understand like how fun it is to play like blackjack and stuff like yeah. that. This is very similar to that. Except for maybe even so a better return on investment. Guys. Okay, I got a little, a little Dwayne Haskins rookie card. That's
1: pretty cool. There's potential, a lot of potential this
0: there. This is even better, though. Got myself a Josh Jacobs Mosaic Materials. Got a little piece of a ball and a piece of a jersey in Let there. Let me see this thing. This Josh is this Jacobs. is what you oh, want wow. right here. So this is 28 out of 100 right here. So that's that's pretty darn cool right there. Got us uh, a Paris Campbell Rookie yeah. eruption with a little jersey in there. The rookie card is the way to go. Wow, how Paris. about that? Back-to-back Paris Campbell's with this Side. one. A Paris Campbell autograph. We got ourselves uh, Darrell Henderson autograph and jersey here.
1: Darrell Henderson rolling for the race. Right. He's, he, he's, he's probably the best. We got ourselves
0: a uh, Deontay Thompson rookie card. Here,
1: look at these. I've never seen something like this. And he's we got like, ourselves a off at the
0: top. tunnel vision. Carson went. So th- Carson, this this is cool stuff. If you really want the rush of collecting, and, and you're looking for something more than just, I mean, this is a hobby, but also can be an investment. I mean, these cards are worth a lot of money, and you can you can certainly trade with the guys down there. at Zootown Sports Cards. Yep. You, you can say you say you really into uh, my, my my guy I've been on lately, Luka Doncic. I've been. Hunting. When I get some hunting. cards, I, I go and I, I, I wheel and deal, and we make some deals and get some Donchich cards, And but they got throwback cards, they got old school cards in there as well. Something fun, too, if you're a collector, you have some stuff that you want to go check out or, or get appraised or show off, this Saturday, from 4 until close, they have a trade show going on, so you can go meet other collectors, trade some cards, maybe... I want to trade my James Harden cards to some James Harden fan, and I want to get me some Steph Curry cards. There, there'll be some trading going on down there, too, so go, go check them out. It's a great place, really fun shop, corner of Higgins and South, Zootown Sports Cards,
1: Our Coach's Corner coming up after this. We'll hear a little bit from Travis DeCure again, Montana, Eastern Washington, coming up in 90 minutes from now, next.
0: Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: It's time for our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. And Colter, Travis DeCure uh, is the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team. Hopefully that's not new news to you, but you know, you never know who's listening. Uh, and after uh, the Grizzlies beat Sacramento State, they were 2-0. And Travis DeCure, I thought, had a very interesting comment regarding the way he views games in the regular season, and the conference play, I guess I should say, home and away. So here you go. Here's Travis DeCure from after that game talking about the win a little bit, but primarily the way he views conference play.
0: You know, this group's dialed in right now. Uh, we just ended the game two nights back-to-back. Um, like a team that knows how to finish off close games. A week ago, we struggled with that. Three weeks ago, we struggled with that. So I think we're going up a little bit, and hopefully we can continue to do that.
1: And so, you know, Travis DeCure, uh, uh, you know, wants to finish off close games and has, you know, a team that ha- is learning how to do that as they come along. And tonight could be a high-scoring game. Doesn't mean it's not going to be a close game still. And I guess the first thing I want to ask, you and we'll hear from Travis DeCure again here in a moment, Coulter, but what is it about learning how to win close? I mean, that's such sort of a... I don't know, sort of an ethereal thing to me. There's, you know, it's not measurable. It's not quantifiable, but some teams are able to do it. And some, some teams aren't why so far by and large, has Montana been a team that has been able to do that? Well, I think that it's not necessarily
0: learning how to win close as much as it's just straight up learning how to win and winning culture, winning attitude, the ability, I mean, especially when you're talking about college athletics, it's kids, it's young people, When you're young, when things are easy, then they're inherently fun. And vice versa, when things are fun, they're inherently easy. And I think that the mark of great teams at the collegiate level in any sport are teams that know how to win when they don't play well. Because when things are going well, you can win. We see this all across the league in football all the time. When the offensive game plan is working great, when you're Idaho State and You got the right plan. You score 41 points against Portland State in the first half, right? and you roll. But then when things go bad, when the adversity hits, when the quarterback throws a pick six, now all of a sudden, you finish three and eight, even though you had a couple good wins. Idaho State being the example here, but there's so often when... We saw this under Brian Fisher, Montana State, a ton. When the three-point shots are falling, and you're shooting 30 of them a game, and you hit 15? You're rolling. You're rolling. And when they're not, though, what happens? And that's where... The Grizz are a, a level above everyone else because Travis DeCure demands such an uh, 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 in, insane level of intensity and focus defensively. He, he refuses to let his players, let how they're playing on offense, dictate what they do on defense. And when it, the, view, the few times it has happened, that's when Montana has melted down and been terrible. But that has been so few and far between the last couple of years because if you are, say you missed three jumpers in a row, If you're letting it affect you and you're getting beat off the dribble on the other side, you're out. You are out of the game. And so I think it's it's, it's a great coaching tactic. But Montana, I think that's why just a quarter of the way into the league season here, I am more optimistic about the Grizz chances in the league than I was before the league started. Not because I think that the Grizz are any more talented than I thought they were going to be, but just because of the intangible mental element
1: of knowing how to win. Let's talk about, uh, let's hear from Coach Shakir again quickly and just ascertain if he can from this exactly what he thinks tonight is going to be worth for this team.
0: This is huge. You know, it, you, you got to win it all. You know, I tell these guys, you get one point for a home win, you get two, depending on who it is, three, on a road win, you know. And, and to me, it's three points if it's a team that's going to finish in the top half. We don't know who that is right now, so they're all worth three. But th- this is a league, it's hard to win on the road, travel is hard, and you got to find a way. you got to take care of your business at home if you're ever going to finish in the top half.
1: Now, even though they got a full five days off and we're back in Missoula before this, this is the third consecutive road to game for the Grizzlies, and you heard Travis DeCure say it right there. It's one for a win at home. Two for a win on the road, three if it's a team that you expect to be at the top of the conference on the road. This is a three point game for Montana by Travis DeCure's own calculation. That's gigantic. And what you know, this this game by that metric counts like three home wins if you're able to go get it. Right? I mean, that's that's a big, big deal. And, and
0: and I think the other reason this is a big game, I, I love his, his way of making it simple for the players and, and not thinking about who we're playing, but what does it mean in terms of the scope of the league standings. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing that just really accentuates the importance of this game is that Coach DeCure is correct. We don't know who it is yet who's going to be the top half of the league except one team, Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. I, I am pretty confident that Eastern yes. Washington is going to be... Totally agree. At, uh, at the, I mean, the worst case scenario for Eastern is like the five seed, but I think they're more if, surefire if, as if a top Eastern, three or four. If
1: Eastern didn't get a buy at Boise, it would be it would be a stunner.
0: They have uh, more... To me. They have more proven commodities. Yes. And then you talk about Ellis Magnuson getting added to the mix, and that's a great addition. Yep. I mean, he's replacing a guy like Ty Gibson who was a, a gamer and mm-hmm. uh, a great shooter, but not a... a game-controlling type of guy. He was more just a spot-up sort of role-player. Right. But when you got Jack Perry, who... Jack Perry is... Jack Perry overtook Harold Frey as the the number one guy in the big sky where you're gonna look at him and you think you're gonna kill him and you're not. <laughs> like, they no. both look just like these young kids and they're just such good competitors. And Jack Perry, he doesn't look like he's even shaven yet. But... He he's a, a dog. Yeah. And he knows how to, he hits big shots. He's competitive. He's got that Australian edge, like that Australian irreverence. But then you add in Kim Aiken, who I think is probably the the most grown man in the league. I mean, Kim Aiken is a physical specimen and is such a great two-way player. And then you add in Mason Peatling, who probably had an argument to be the preseason player of the year in the league. And I'm sure he got some votes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then you had in Tyler Kidd who was really solid a year ago. Uh, Eastern just has more familiar and proven pieces than anybody else in the league. I think that that it's accentuates
1: the matchup for the Grizz as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be really fun, and I think that that for the first time, win, lose, or draw, this game, the litmus test, I mean, it's, it's going to be for both teams, but it's more for Montana comparing up against Eastern Washington than the other way around. And that is something that is, is new. The shoe is on the other foot right now. And I think the Eastern, especially at home, it would be favored to win this basketball game tonight. But again, when you have what have been the two best teams in the conference for the last handful of years, it's going to be a great game. And I can't wait for it. It's going to uh, tip off again. 7 o'clock right here. SWX Montana Television coming up 7 p.m tip off uh, so uh, make sure you stick around and check that game out if you're watching us on the television side of things we'll take a break coulter you have a business and your business is based in the world wide web indeed i do so i'm on my computer all the time and if you're not online you're not making money and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age
0: So ensure your company's network is online all the time.
1: For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Championship weekend. Now, you told me, here's what I want. I want a little picture of your world, okay? You're a very private person. Okay, so now I'm going to extort some information out of you. This is funny. Now, you said this on the show, so this is nothing that isn't out there, okay? I'm bracing yeah. myself right no, no, now. This, this ain't even bad. This ain't even bad. This is a one out of ten right here. But you are the consummate professional as a sports journalist. You root for the story. Fans, I can say this because for a long time I didn't understand it. Fans got no idea what it means really to root for the story. Like they don't understand the concept of not having a rooting interest. Heck, I got a rooting interest in games that I don't care about. My daughter comes to me Every game, no idea who's playing. It's the whatever, whatever dot-com bowl. She goes, which color do we want? I go, I don't know. She says, which team's closest? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess West Virginia is slightly closer than Florida Atlantic. Go Mountaineers! And she's screaming at the top of her lungs for three hours, okay? So this is what I live with, and I imagine that's because that's who I am. That ain't you. That ain't you. You just sit here and you go, just let me see some good football. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that hooks me in from a storyline standpoint that I'm into it, mm-hmm. that all changed for you, then all change for you, but it, you had a reversion to fandom last weekend with the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk cousins, finally making a play in a clutch moment to beat a great team on the road. When it mattered back to back plays, in fact, and Your Minnesota Vikings are into the divisional round against the San Francisco 49ers. And now, you just laid this out for me in the break, you have an unmolested Saturday of which you have no time that is being asked of you and in any other way to sit down, open up the barbecue, maybe order a pizza, do whatever you got to do, sit down there and lock and load with your skull let's go Vikings at the house. What is this going to be like for you? Are you going to do? This? Are you going to wear a jersey, Coulter? N- never on in Saturday? my life. No. Okay. chance. Will you wear a shirt or a hat? Like any? Like just I a team thing? One. I don't own one. Will you find a? I know that you have that. Prince replica suit, the purple regalia, <laughs> will you bring me? Will you bring out something like that with the that's top more, hat
0: and the cane? That's actually more likely than any of the other things. I would wear a Prince purple rain suit much sooner than I would wear a jersey.
1: You, you
0: wouldn't be wrong to do so. Um, I, I thought that the Saints were the most complete team in the NFC and perhaps the most complete team in the NFL. Yes, I, thought the Vikings, I agree. I thought the Vikings with Dalvin Cook coming off an injury, Alexander Madison coming off an injury... Xavier Rhodes not playing up to his all pro level at quarterback. um, And Kirk Cousins as the leader or whatever you want to call him of the squad. You like that? I just thought they had no chance. And so then I was just so surprised. I think that's what ignited my fandom and cheering. Because I actually like the Saints too. Me too. Um, I, I think the Saints are fun to watch. I like everything that they're about. Drew Brees is one of my favorite players of all time. I've loved Drew Brees ever since I saw him back in 1998 when I was like 10 years old. Just absolutely destroy Lavar Arrington and Penn State. I was like, well, that guy's going to be something special and he has turned out to be. But uh, here's the thing, man. I'm in a win-win situation on Saturday because I think the 49ers are one of the two best stories in the entire league. I think that the 49ers are my absolutely, in terms of just the way that they play, what their roster's constructed like, they're my second favorite team in the NFL.
1: Now, let me ask you this.
0: So, uh, like it, it's a, I mean, if the Vikings were to win, I would be uh, thrilled. But also, if they were to lose,
1: the better team would have won. You watch the Vikings, you pay attention, you know what's going on in Minnesota, okay? You had them as a 0% chance of winning in New Orleans, right. and they won. Yeah. You are picking San Francisco to win this weekend, which you should. But what chance does Minnesota have of winning this? Oh, the game?
0: spread seven, right? Yep. I would pick the, pick the Vikings to cover the spread. Okay.
1: So you give, uh, you give I, them a thirty percent. I
0: think the Vikings have a one out of three chance of winning this game. I yeah. like it. I like the, that. Th- this is a, this is a, the, the, the the Niners. Follow me here, because the Niners are better. Or excuse me, I don't know uh, actually where I th- feel about this. It, the Niners are a better matchup for the Vikings. Even if they're not necessarily... Then, then New, Orleans? They're New Orleans? I New Orleans. I agree completely. Be- because because Minnesota... Xavier Rhodes has taken a step back. He pulled his hamstring really bad last year, and he's not been the same. And in the league, Xavier Rhodes is a big, strong, physical corner. He's not a really particularly fast corner. I mean, it's all relative, right? I mean, he's incredibly fast, but yes. he's not fast for an NFL corner. Yeah. He's not running 4-3. He's running 4-5. So when he... Pulls his hamstring. It's now problem. he's running 4-6. And if you run 4-6 and you guard Michael Thomas, you're done. You're toast. You're getting killed. And I just thought that the Saints would be able to isolate Michael Thomas. But you could tell that there was some... First of all, I didn't expect the Saints to have absolutely no answer for Danielle Hunter and Everson Griffin. And I didn't expect them... the. The Viking, Daniel Hunter, and I did not expect the Vikings to be able to guard Michael Thomas and hold Alvin Kamara in check simultaneously. Which they did.
1: They did. Yes, and, they
0: did. And they also dictated the tempo of the game. They set the physical tone, and then they they, really, they ran the ball. They played their style yeah, of game the did. whole time. They did. This is going to be interesting, though, because these teams like to play a little bit similar styles.
1: The, the thing to me about this game is San Francisco is unbelievably talented, and they're unbelievably young. And sometimes the youth can actually work in your favor in a situation like this. But I think, by and large, it doesn't. I think, by and large, like you said, Colter, if you're a team that's that's really good, a lot of times you still have to suffer a a loss in the playoffs and not be able to break through before you can break through. And that's what I think about the San Francisco team. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They certainly have Super Bowl aspirations and should and have the talent to be that team. But also, having not been there before in this sort of iteration of, of team that they are, I think that there is, I don't know that it's happening this weekend, but I think that there is a... a a struggle that you you know you're going to have to break through at some point, and a lot of times that takes the form of a loss. Maybe it's a struggle in game that you're able to overcome and win the game, and then all of a sudden you're ignited. But I think that I just don't know if it's San Francisco's time. Now I'm still picking San Francisco to win this football game, but I think it's going to be a great game. Green Bay, Seattle. Well, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But I like I really like not just fan whatever i I like green bay in this spot like i think green bay matches up really well with seattle Mm -hmm. the fact that it's in lambeau field the fact that seattle's really banged up and green bay's coming off a bye week i think all of it 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 just goes in favor of green bay now green bay's been prone to heartbreak recently they have but i also think
0: i also think everybody matches up pretty well against teams that are going to try to ride seventh round draft picks out of the backfield in the playoffs Travis Homer's better than I thought he was going to be, but he's still not even close to as good as what... I mean, Chris Carson's a top 10
1: back, right. and also, what? Oh, Seventh-round draft pick. That's it's an, ex- <laughs> it's an
0: excellent point, but a much more proven one. No, I, mean, yeah. Chris Car- I mean, Chris Carson's very good.
1: And a, a very good, and a multi-year guy, not just a... I think Travis Homer's a rookie. I heard Boys and girls, a fun Thursday. We'll take one more ride around the block before the weekend. Come join us tomorrow. We'll look forward to getting you ready for the FCS FBS National Championships, Divisional Weekend, and more tomorrow. We'll see you then. ESPN Radio, SWX TV. See you, Tana Good night.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms, to great complimentary breakfast, to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
0: Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day, visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.